to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome back. Jack and Andre, our film lords. Hey guys, how you doing? How's everyone going on this Monday morning? I know, I'm going. Text I'm, in. I'm feeling very calm and loosey-goosey, a little bit Terry Gross today. I don't think we're doing an ecstatic episode. <laughs> no, I think we're going to be a bit <laughs> slow and considered, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, keep your film reviews coming in. We've got a couple and we'll read them out soon, but let's get in right into movie news right now. Movie news. What's going on in the world of cinema? Okay, so basically there's um, been a lot of censorship debate this year and YouTube has been in discussion with Twitter and Facebook and Jacinda Ardern, essentially, after the Christchurch attacks. And YouTube's been talking to Jacinda Ardern. Just, well, they have been. Jacinda Ardern went over to America and has been having meetings with all of these oh, people. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know that's what you're referring to. I thought, no, why you would make fun I of me for you saying said that. YouTube was talking to Jacinda and that wasn't happening. Oh, no, it, YouTube, just YouTube, I, the whole, the <laughs> app. <laughs> but, you're, but you're right, though. A, a lot of... um. Yeah. yeah. But basically, this has culminated in YouTube taking down Triumph of the Wheel, which is the Lenny Riefenstahl, like, Nazi film, the propaganda, off its site, and um, basically Twitter and Facebook have failed to follow through with this. It'll be really interesting to see where this goes, and if they decide to censor, you know, like, scary alt-right and fascist content just as much cl- as they do sexuality. Mm. Just to clarify, Triumph of the Will is, like, the quintessential Nazi propaganda film, and it's the most famous, first of its kind, yeah. large-scale... I'm trying to think of a comparison. It's basically like the Gone with the Wind of Isn't Nazi films. Old, old film? Old film. Well, yeah, it came out in, like, the 40s. And mm-hmm. the thing was, like, Lenny Riefenstahl was, like, a really well-respected female director at the time, and she was kind of, like, in cultural circles, just, like, she's just a huge shame. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I don't know. There's so many people that got wrapped up in fucked up. Anyway. Yeah. We're going to be looking at that with Marga in 20 years' time, and who got wrapped <laughs> up in that. And now, moving away from Marga and talking about Margot. What's she doing? Margot Robes doing? spoke to Vogue recently, and I know we keep talking about Margot Robbie and Quentin Tarantino and how they defend each other, but she's Australian, so we've got to keep repping the country. And she has just kind of come in the defense of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A lot of people have criticized her for being a spokesperson and a champion of female directors in the film industry and female created content. And they people think that that's at odds with working with Tarantino, who notoriously makes films like Pulp Fiction, where women just have heroin overdoses, Jack's rolling his eyes. No, just, oh, you just okay, and um, and so she's kind of stepped back and just said, "Look, I'm really sorry, but I grew up with his movies, and I grew up loving the films of the era that are in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's been my dream." And then there's this famous quote where she says, "Maybe I'm just." Having my cake and eating it too, and everyone's like, "Yeah, you are. You <laughs> she's are aware, but she's still doing you're it. fully aware what you're doing, and you're still anyway." Tarantino's wrapped up in controversy. Let's not name and shame. Continue on with this discourse. We all know what he's like, and we all still love Marco. Let's be honest. Would you like to do this piece of news or this piece of news? Oh, this piece of news, which is the Nightingale premiere, which Jack and I went to yesterday. We went to last night. So for those who don't know, the Nightingale is the follow-up to Jennifer Kent's debut feature, The Babadook. So you can just tell that it's going to be a scary Southern Gothic film. And it follows the story of, um, the, of a, the relationship or the struggle between a white girl in Tasmania in the 1800s who basically goes out to find her rapist and... Uh, avenge 
the death of her husband and her baby with the help of an Aboriginal boy. Tracker. Tracker. And um, in the first 20 minutes, there was a number of walkouts. One woman even shouted, I'm not watching this anymore. There's been three rapes already. And um, it comes off the back of Venice, where a lot of like really sexist and racist reviewers from Italy stood up and shouted at her. And uh, I don't know. It's really interesting. I'm really interested. The film comes out in August, and mm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. In America, it was released with a trigger warning, which, honestly, I, it didn't have last night at the premiere. She just kind of got up there. Yeah. And said, look, I made this, like, with, like, Aboriginal people in Tasmania in close consultation with elders, and I really hope you get something out of this film. But she maybe should have said, you know, Mm. by the way, there's going to be a lot of really Mm. graphic sexual violence in the first 20 minutes. Maybe prepare yourself for that. Yeah. I'd be interesting to see how they release it it in Australia. It definitely does not help at all just to do a quick Mm. warning, I feel. I think so. Absolutely. It's not hurting anyone to do a quick warning. It's so interesting considering the length of the film, I think. I hate to like circle back to this, but just uh, there's some really intense violent scenes in the very start, and then the rest of the movie just grippingly explains itself in a really powerful way, and you leave Mm. feeling like you survived the film. I guess what we were talking about, and we'll review it when the film comes out, but I guess we were talking about how you can see a lot of violence in things like. I don't want to say, like, that classic, like, Avengers and GOT and everything. Wolf Creek. <laughs> and Wolf Creek. But when you see it and it's real, mm. then there's, some there's like, a, a way, an ability to deal with the trauma of seeing that. But it also feels so much more intense, even though what you're actually seeing on screen is no more graphic than something else, because you know it's based in truth and there's truth-telling. It's yeah. so much more hectic. But it's also, like, I would just rather watch that than be leaving confused about, like, what the ideology is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um... And basically, also, <laughs> to move over from into Chernobyl and mm. also, like, graphic violence <laughs> that's, like, based in truth-telling and, like, extensively researched truth-telling, tourism has spiked. There's 40% increase in visits to Chernobyl since oh. the HBO episode. And Russia's also decided to make its own version because Putin is not putting up with this American one <laughs> and they're going to make a CIA agent the villain and it's going to be some JFK conspiracy theory. This news kind of surprises me because Chernobyl yeah. is a gorgeous place and if everyone knows anything about Chernobyl is that the fauna there has just gone off because of the radioactive activity so it doesn't surprise me I know it's definitely become like a speaking point to like life after humanity and like when we all blow ourselves up in nuclear winter how much life is actually going to just flourish without us and then HP makes a show about it am I right am I right well let's take a track now Uh, this is from Grimes Uh, Film Lord request Genesis
Sydney Spotlight. Woohoo! Jumping through time like the Donnie Darkos <laughs> that we are. Yeah, we're going to do Sydney Spotlight first. We're going to do Sydney Spotlight and finish with two reviews. You know what I mean? We were talking about The Nightingale before, but let's just cap off with saying that The Nightingale got its Australian premiere, which is really exciting. We've been waiting a long time for this. And this comes off the bat of an international premiere that was a bit rocky because, Jack? Well, just basically, we've already talked about it. Sexist and racist reviews everywhere. It's been kind of touring, but it got released in America. It's done really well there. So anyway, it was a big night for it to be released last night, and I think that's honestly the result of our slow and Terry Gross moods today, is mm. because we saw that and we're still kind of processing it. But in really exciting news, uh, local films Suburban Wildlife and Sequin in a Blue Room both sold out all of their shows, and they premiered this weekend. Mm. Actually, has Sequin premiered? I know the Suburban premiered on Saturday night. Sequin and sold the fuck out so quickly. I was Sequin so sold out. I'm so impressed by Sequin. It's been really cool. And Suburban... Sydney. People are buying. People yeah. love Sydney. Someone We're called Strand Sydney. releasing. Ray and Liz is a film that Jack can't stop talking, talking about, which about, I missed. So I saw Ray plus Liz, which is a film by Richard Billingham, who's a photographer that made like really, really popular British, you know, magnum photography art mm. books in the 90s about living in poverty in Wales in the government housing. And he made a film recreating those kind of moments and it's really dark and a bit gummo and scary. And, oh my God, you just if anyone has a chance to see Rain Liz, go see Rain Liz, it's like the coolest movie at this year's film festival, I think. Um, but the State Theatre also turned 90 on Friday, oh, ready for its premiere gorgeous. of Amadova's new film, which I'm about to review. That was gorgeous, that was gorgeous. Really and gorgeous. Quickly describe to me what David Stratton said about the police, because I was confused by it. So David Stratton's doing a series, if you didn't know, at this year's festival called um, like Female Trailblazers in Australian Cinema. Uh, I went and saw Tracy Moffat's Bedevil yesterday, it was amazing. But mm. I went and saw one of the first ones, which was The Cheaters, which was a film that came out in 1927, made by women. Um, they were the first sisters. sisters, first women to make um, films in Australia and also the last for another 50 years up until Julian Armstrong. A really, really chic cosmopolitan movie, which I was really surprised by because most Australian movies from the 20s, you just think of like Ned Kelly. Yeah. Anyway, David Stratton got up to introduce it and it was the day of the ABC raids and we were all expecting him to just talk about the film and he got up and he just said, I want to start with saying I'm absolutely disgusted mm. by the actions of the government today. I'm really, really nervous and terrified about the authoritarian state of affairs in this country. This is a bad day for democracy. Democracy seems like it's dead. We all need to be on high alert. And then he, mm. like, introduced the film. And it was like watching David and Margaret get up and get, like, <laughs> hyper-political and anti-fascist. It was like, mm. oh, my God, this is a scary day, but also... Just using mm. that platform. I'm glad that these people are speaking out because mm. what's happening in this country is terrifying. Governments suck ass. But you know what doesn't suck ass is the fabulous film festival that oh, Jack, Jen and Jack... Enoch and I are going to throw. Mm. We are premiering our first curatorial project. It's called Garden Reflex Presents Last Minute Challenge, and it's something that we've been wanting to do for a while. And mm. it just is the combination of Enoch, Jack, and I just wanting to put on a sick film night <laughs> that isn't, uh, you know, like anything else that's happening in Sydney. It's also going to be super affordable for those who can't afford the extortionist price of the Sydney film festivals. Mm. Um, it's going to be five bucks, and then uh, donations on the door going to fire. We're showing films that are a mix of international films that have really inspired us. They're all sort of resourceful, 
you can make like films that will inspire you to make a film, I guess, mm-hmm. mixed in with local films as well. Because I think a lot of the time you just see movies that are made this mm-hmm. year, but should we do some name dropping? Should we do some name dropping? Okay, or? so we've got I don't know if you guys know Mika Levy. She's an experimental musician. She made she did the score for Under the Skin, everyone's favorite movie. Scarlett ever. Johansson and also Jackie, um, Jackie. Jack's favorite film <laughs> of all time <laughs> because Greta, of its with, name with Greta Gerwig and Natalie Portman. She's just this really. She's actually one of the most uh, lauded f- film composers, and she's super young. People like David Lynch, yeah. uh, One Hundred Point Never have anyway, just basically put her on a pedestal. We've been sending her emails, and we got her film that she made with her sister, The Color of Chips, which is about. Mm. Oh my gosh, where do I even start? It's this kind. Of, it's an experimental film shot in this seaside town in the UK that had a um a large gypsy Eastern European gypsy population, and it's this long form, strangely atmospheric, long form, short form, long form, short form experimental film that's just footage of beaches and piers and you know um how do i describe it uh, how do i describe it you know like um uh uh, fortune tellers machines uh slot machines that are like but we've got local superstar and uh friend of the pod also guest reviewer on the pod enoch is making a film specially for the event i'm making a film with kalia tipa if you saw her at the queen's ball Mm. um set by candlelight we've got ryan trey carton favorite dj it's gonna be amazing so stay tuned we'll talk about about it in a couple of weeks when we have mm. more of the details up. But, but it's going to be July 6th on a Saturday night, so you guys better not take up work. And if you're going <laughs> to Sydney Film Festival, tell your friends, Garden Reflex presents Last Minute Fair, Challenge. Yeah. It's coming soon. We're going to take a track now, and when we come back, two reviews, and send in your, your film reviews for winning a double pass. Uh, we've got one on the text line. Read it out now. It says, if you... Le- if you think leaving painfully long spaces between everything, dialogue, miss on scene, and having interchangeable deadpan actors against achingly beautiful backdrops will make your films automatically deep, then you're Rook- Rick Alverson, you've made the mountain, and you're wrong. Sprinkle Jeff Goldblum, Udo Kier, and Dennis Levant so the art house fiends will squeal. It's so weird. It's so amazing. From Lee Bowe. Fuck, I want to see that movie so badly. <laughs> I'm so into that. <laughs> so rude. many people were scathing about it. on that, like It was at the Ritz before the Nightingale last night, and people were like, wow, I fell asleep. Mm. I walked out. I hated it. Mm. So get in your reviews. You might be able to win a double pass to Sydney Film Festival. This one's Air Max 97.
no, two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Right, for two reviews today we've got Jack on first. Mm-hmm. And let's take a listen to Pain and Glory. Andre, I hope we get to be old and successful to cast ourselves as hot celebrities. Mm. Amadova's Pain and Glory is a film about moving on from your sassy gay coke days into heroin regret. Another entry into old auteur with writer's block genre. Amadova, through Antonio Banderas at Puss in Boots, spends his days remembering meaningful moments from his life that might unlock the key to themes in his art and help him move on from his chronic pain and apathetic nihilism. Because with the soaring highs of showbiz, there are the absolute crushing lows. Am I right, Andre? You see us on Monday afternoons. Mm-hmm. Two reasons to see this movie. There's a soul bass Hitchcock-style animation describing the pain in his body and his mind that's worth the entire ticket, and also the hottest shower dick glimpse since Samantha's Neighbour and Sex in the City movie that'll make you faint. Rosalia and Penelope Cruz sing as well. The plot is about how artists rely on miracles and how when you start making your own decisions, those coincidences start to flow. Free from the reactive straight-world arguments of male gaze and the inverse reaction to it, Amadova is ama- able to make cinema of desire and it will make your heart fill up like the hot orange glow on a cold and flu tablet box. I still think The Skin I Live In is more fun, though. Mm. Oh, okay, The Skin I Live In, okay, now you got my attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you have to watch The Skin, is, skin I Live In first mm. and then watch this and they just hold different spaces. I was watching that fabulous interview with Oprah where she talks about Maya Angelou and how she says, when you when you know better, you do better. Yeah. And that I feel like that could be applied to Pain and Glory, yeah. whereby Pedro knows what he did in his past and now he's making something better. Not that he ever made anything bad, yeah. But it's just the experience of his life for improving the future of his career. Everything is solidified and real and not patronising and not sort of moralistic and Mm. it's still filled with colour and melodrama and everything you want from an Amadova movie. But it's also nuanced and wise. But the question is, though, is that should I go see this and will I like it? (laughs) I don't know. Do you know what, Andre? What? Also, do I care? Oh! (laughs) Spicy! (laughs) (laughs) I famously don't like Pedro Almodovar, but that's fine, though. It's a fun, And fun. what do you give uh, Pain and Glory in one word? Jack, that's for you. In one word? Oh, fuck. Um, a oh, miracle. Fuck. <laughs> a miracle. Miracle. That's gorgeous. Yeah, fair. We're going to move on to Andre now. What are you reviewing? Vada by Agnes. Let's take a listen. La création est un travail. Translate. Et le troisième mot, c'est partage. Parce qu'on fait pas des films pour les regarder tout seul, on fait des films pour les montrer. Lost in translation, you guys. So creation is a job. Uh, sharing, we gotta share films. That is my Andre translation. But here's my Andre review, and it starts with the fact that I hate to be that sibling going to annoy my sister because I'm bored. But Vada by Agnes, which is the film I'm reviewing, is the type of documentary that Agnes Vada actually rebelled against in her career. It's the opposite to the whimsical stories she told that agitated cinema for decades. She's someone who basically cut out love hearts in films and used them as windows, and she had cardboard cameras as props, and she dumpster dive for love heart potatoes, but. 
this film of hers feels like an ordinary potato, dare I say. And that isn't to say that her wisdom doesn't beam. We still love you, bitch, but her awe-inspiring power can't really save Vada by Agnes from being a bulky brick of documentary. And I know you feel that, Jack. I know you feel that. But that Vada wasn't invited to, a, to do a masterclass in filmmaking because David and Werner booked the studio, so she had to make her own before she passed away. But... Without being a cynical bitch, here's how I'd make the ultimate Agnes Varda memoriam film, okay? It's an installation where you flying fox through a gallery that has screens of all her work, and you're wearing noise-canceling headphones, so you're almost flying in silence through Varda's career. Like, you can do that at, like, Disney, where you, like get on that weird hang glider and fly around Orange County. Oh, amazing. I think any kind of, and you know... pump out, like, perfume at you. Questacon-esque, moving seats yes. 4D situation is the future. And I think Agnes didn't tap into that enough in her career. Yeah, <laughs> Questacon is the future of cinema. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. So, I didn't froth over this film, but I still stand Agnes Varda, and I think this is still a remarkable achievement for her. I thought it was amazing, and I thought it was worth it just to see her installation artwork. Oh, yeah, truly. Which I never would have seen otherwise, mm. where she made like whole houses out of the old reels of film because she was obsessed with recycling. And she's one of the few filmmakers, I think, who openly says, when the 2000s hit and film stock kind of died, I picked up a digital camera and was like, fuck yeah, this is fun. And yeah. I love that about her. And she's so unpretentious in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Agnes Varda is the queen of cinema, and she's writing her own hearse because no one else is going to do it for her. Yeah, she in said one it, word? In one word? Um, oh, fabulous. Yeah, in one word, history. History, there we go. And if you want to go check out any film from the Sydney Film Festival, all you have to do is text in a fun review that Jack yeah. and I can read on Just send a fun air. review. People have been going to things. Were, were you the one we person that hated it? Were you the one person that liked it? Mm. It doesn't have to be at the Sydney Film review. Festival. Did you go see Aladdin? What did you think about that? We didn't see it. Fully, fully. Anything. We want to know what to watch. Are you just watching send trailers for Big Little Lies? Please, I cannot stress this enough. Go see Happy as Lazaro while it's in cinema. Oh. I know that Sydney Film Festival is on right now, but please do yourself a favour and go see Happy as Lazaro at Palace Cinemas. Beautiful. And that's all we have today, folks. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to cap it off there. Uh, on the text line, someone says, this track is incredible. What is it? And that was Air Max 97 with Turgo Gore. Uh, we're going to take a track now, a film on request again, uh, Mika Levy with Love. And You're this in- is because Mika Levy is going to be showing a film at our festival, Garden mm. Reflex Last Minute Challenge. Beautiful. On FBI, mornings, 94.5.
This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.